Investable Universe is about thematic topics in real assets investing. This is what we mean by the global market of things, real estate, infrastructure, land, energy, and other commodities that have historically been viewed as boring old income investments. But take a look at the shifts underway in these asset classes, from industry disruptors to new investors to emerging markets to geopolitics, and you'll find these assets are very interesting. We'll talk about private equity, venture capital, corporate VC, sovereign wealth funds, listed markets, crazy startups, some old guard investment firms, some maverick entrepreneurs, and some paradigm-shifting technologies. One thing is certain, no corner of the global market of things will be left untouched by the changes happening right now, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the market for energy efficiency technology. Efficiency itself is a huge investable market subsector. The International Energy Agency has estimated the current value of the global energy efficiency market at $241 billion and a 10% annual growth rate. And that's a conservative estimate. When you talk about energy efficiency, you're not just talking about a specific renewable energy source or a disruptive technology itself, but about a behavioral change. And my guess today is the co-founder of an innovative company out of, you guessed it, California that has combined all of the above, renewable energy, technology, and behavior modification on a single platform. He is Curtis Tung, co-founder of OmConnect, California's leading clean energy program, which functions like a virtual power plant that pays consumers to save electricity during peak usage periods. Curtis has exactly the kind of unconventional career trajectory that we love here on Investable Universe. He is a graduate of UC Berkeley with a degree in molecular and cellular biology, who then zigged to work in advertising and then zagged to start OmConnect to address one of the defining and existential crises of our time, that being climate change. Curtis, thank you for speaking with Investable Universe today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So this is going to be interesting because Ohm Connect, it's not like other renewable energy companies. I try to tee it up a little bit in the intro. It's kind of a behavior modification platform, if you will, combined with renewable energy and technology. Why don't you tell us how you explain it? <laughs> yeah, ha- happy to happy to dive in. So yeah. at its core, um, Ohm Connect pays people to save energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what a lot of people don't realize is that both the carbon intensity and really the the, the underlying cost of their energy mm-hmm. changes over the course of the day. And yep. and I think a, a perfect example of this can be found in California, right? Where right. Solar ha- has become just incredibly cheap to produce. I think since 2010, um, mm-hmm. the cost of energy coming from solar power has dropped something like 70, 80 percent. Wow. So that the cost there has just absolutely plummeted. And with energy coming so cheap, we're obviously just building a ton of it. Yeah. Uh, but but kind of solar power does have one Achilles heel. Um, uh-huh. When the sun sets, right. it's, it's kind of lights out, right? Like yeah. what life goes on, people still need to, to use energy. So folks are kind of coming back home and the, the energy use in, in homes increase. And you know, so so there, there's a lot of dynamics kind of all, all that kind of interplay here, but the net effect is mm-hmm. really clear which is sunsets, solar production goes down, mm-hmm. we still need power, and there's this huge gap, right? There's mm-hmm. this 13 gigawatt gap um, that needs to be made up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, for a lot of the energy wonks out there, this is the, the classic kind of duck curve conundrum. Uh-huh. Um, and so at that point, the, the grid really has two choices. Number one is to turn on uh, other power plants, mm-hmm. um, or two is to get people to save energy. And if we go with option one, right, the, the traditional type of power plant that can ramp up in, in that short amount of time, mm-hmm. they're called 
peaker plants, these kind of fast-acting peaker plants, and they're mm-hmm. typically inefficient. Uh, they produce a, a fair amount of carbon emissions, um, and they are both wildly expensive to, to both build and operate. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, um, the, the grid can also get people to flex and get people to kind of change how they how they use energy and when they use energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's literally kind of the, the, the cleanest type of energy you can produce. It is zero carbon. It is the kind of the lack of, of, of energy consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of spending billions of dollars uh, kind of building power plants that that pollute communities, um, you know, the grid can use programs like ours to, you know, both keep the supply demand curve balanced and mm-hmm. kind of put money back in the pockets of, of, of residents. And, and I guess just to be super clear, like our program works really at any time if there's a supply uh-huh. demand balance. So I guess not just when the, the sun sets, but I think that's just a, a good example. So a, a large part of your application is built around this concept or this notion of the ohm hour. Can you explain what that is as a unit of, is this a, is a energy consumption unit? Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a, maybe that would have been a better place to start off. Like uh, what it, it, <laughs> okay. experience looks like. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, here, here's what a nomad looks like. So, so we send a, a text message and email a notification asking uh, a, a user to save energy from let's say maybe five to 6 PM. Mm-hmm. And as an example, let's just say that user was expected to, to use three kilowatts um, kind of during that time period. So three kilowatt hours during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's about roughly what a, a normal home would, would use. Um, but they got our message. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we tell people, hey, it's, it's okay to procrastinate on doing the dishes. Uh, you don't need to do the laundry right now. Kind of, and if you can, pull back on air conditioning a little bit. Just save energy however you can. Uh-huh. Um, and even better yet is, you know, we encourage people to connect a device like a smart plug or a thermostat and we'll, we'll just automate, we'll just do everything for you. Mm-hmm. So, so let's say that this home was supposed to use three, they ended up using two. And so they save this kind of net one kilowatt hour um, during, from, from five to six compared mm-hmm. to what they, they were expected to use. Now, imagine we do that um, in a, a thousand homes in a particular neighborhood and they do the same thing all at the same time. Now we have a megawatt hour of, uh-huh. of saved energy, and the grid will pay for that megawatt hour just like it came from a regular power plant. Uh-huh. And so if you zoom out, you really start to kind of see this, this picture of this kind of fleet of virtual power plants just kind of sprinkled all across California. Uh-huh. And like I was mentioning earlier, that the, the, the advantages are really clear and stark, like one, these power plants don't cost billions of dollars to build. Two, yeah. zero carbon, and three, it, it puts money back in the pockets of electricity ratepayers. So it's an interesting hybrid that you have here between like energy technology, energy conservation, and this kind of consumer psychology aspect. Like it's okay to wait an hour to do the dishes. You don't have to do the washing right now. Was there a moment that led you to combine these approaches? And say, hey, you know, there's a there's a behavior intervention here that's that's got some value attached to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny. There, there are a couple couple of examples that, uh-huh. that come to mind. I think one is if we were to, to rewind, maybe maybe more than more than a couple of years, more yeah. than a few years back, um, and we we discovered we were we were just targeting um, a, a not not the ideal kind of customer, right? Like we were targeting energy wonks that illegal yeah. solar jerry-rigged batteries in the garage uh, <laughs> literally building a, uh, an experience around um, a, a particular user 
right? Like, are, are there a lot of those in California? I, I gather there are. <laughs> there, there are. There were enough to fool us for the first oh, couple, uh, uh-huh. for the first year. And uh-huh. it was funny. I, I distinctly remember this. This was the, the, the night before our first quarterly offsite. Uh-huh. Um, I, we, we noticed this, this spike in uh, signups and this spike in just you know, people coming onto our website. So we did a little bit of digging and, and realized that there's this um, blog that focused uh-huh. on like, hey, these are easy ways to save money um, uh-huh. that pointed to us. And they wrote an article about us. Wow. That was, that was an aha moment for me. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we, we spent kind of the, the next few months retooling that experience around mainstream consumers and, and just trying to make it easy, make it fun. And mm-hmm. since then, kind of growth has just been, you know, up and to the right. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are plenty of, 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 of examples and aha moments kind of yeah. over, over the past few years, but that, that's one that comes to mind. So it, it's interesting because when you think, okay, so during an ohm hour, let's say, are, do you have a large, you know, a critical mass of users glued to the app? The reason I ask is that, you know, that that's gold for advertisers, right? If you have a bunch of eyeballs on a single app looking at the same screen at roughly the same time, what you also have is a valuable marketing opportunity. <laughs> Has that been the case for you? So it's funny, you know, the, um, we, we found that a lot of families like to use kind of home hours as this kind of opportunity to, to reconnect, right? So it's yeah. go for a walk and go out to dinner, maybe to play some board games. Uh-huh. Obviously, in, in kind of a, a world of COVID, some of those are, aren't are quite as easy um, right. as, as they were last year. And so uh-huh. our, our team concocted this this really kind of fun, just kind of cool out there idea called Ohm at Home. Ohm at Home. This, it was like this live kind of web event. Um, uh-huh. That we that we would host during particularly big um, hours when everybody was participating, kind of yep. at, at the same time. We just had this big critical mass. Yeah. And kind of during that hour, folks would, you know, we we would we hosted this, and you know, people would play trivia games. We would yeah. do home scavenger hunts and just like things like that. And so it was just, it was this interactive experience with the community. Everybody can participate. Um, yeah. Obviously, a, a, a huge platform, um, and. You know, I, I personally just had a blast kind of participating yeah. in this early in the year. And I think it's just that that is a testament to, to the ingenuity of, of the consumer side of yeah. uh, of our team. Um, so I think one of the cool things is like at its core, we have this crazy complex business model, right? That, that's underpinning all of this. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we've been really successful um, about is kind of applying this consumer layer mm-hmm. uh, that's, it's about people, it's accessible, and yeah. it's just something that, that people can just like really rally behind it and participate in. Yeah. So can you give any numbers in terms of your clients or number of customers, number of registered accounts, or even your revenue growth in the past couple of years? So, yeah, so, so we have mm-hmm. around uh, 200,000 homes uh, mm-hmm. in California that's kind of helping us build um, build these, these power plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as we continue to, to increase the, 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 the kind of proportion of folks who are equipped with plugs and, and devices, like we're building this into, into this resource that at least can help, uh, that can partially help kind of uh-huh. prevent um, uh, and alleviate some of the conditions that, that you know, led to some of the blackouts um, mm-hmm. you know, last summer. I think one of, the, one of the amazing things about our business too is how much it's been adopted by disadvantaged communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are there are these communities that, you know, typically they, they have lower incomes, um, mm-hmm. they, they get hit with, and, and then, you know, getting this kind of double whammy 
um, because those communities also, they, they tend to be in really hot climates. Mm-hmm. Um, so their energy bills just kind of skyrocket during right. the summer. And it's not uncommon to see, you know, 400, 500, maybe like $600 bills during the yeah. summer. It's just absolutely crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and it kind of a triple whammy too, because a lot of times the, those peaker plants I was referencing earlier, a lot mm-hmm. of times they're, they're built kind of near those communities. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what we found is that, um, you know, the, these, those type of communities really have, have kind of embraced and, um, and, and adopted and, and really, you know, participate in, in this type of program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you mentioned earlier how Ohm at Home had sort of how uh, the way people were using or interacting with that uh, concept had changed a little bit due to COVID. But I wonder if more broadly speaking, has the massive shift in just the way people are living due to COVID, you know, being at home more often, having to work from home more often, not really going out, et cetera, affected your user base or consumer attitudes toward energy savings? I know you mentioned that it's there's been, you know, tremendous uptake in more economically disadvantaged communities. Can you extrapolate that more broadly, what you're seeing statewide? Yeah. So, you know, COVID um, has certainly been one of, one of the, the, the most Kind of significant shifts in, in residential energy use, uh-huh. um, you know, in the past few years, past decade probably, mm-hmm. um, and it's um, it's fueling both an increase in total use and and it's also flexing the shape um, of of what that energy use looks like in a home and and when you really start start to kind of peel it back, like it's the shape of um, of use over the course of the day that ends up kind of underpinning a lot of the. The, the, the economics and uh, the cost and kind of carbon profile. Um, and so a lot of the behaviors um, that, that we've, that we see that's, you know, associated with, with the past year. And obviously, you know, people are staying at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you have a desktop, like you, you tend to be doing that at home, you know, kids are staying at home and, you know, and the result is kind of what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the load curves, the electricity use in the middle of the day is inflated. Mm-hmm. And based on our, community and based on kind of what we see, um, you know, we saw residential electricity use surge maybe um, up, up to 9% compared mm-hmm. to kind of a similar time, kind of similar weather from, from last year. And if you play that forward um, kind of across everyone in California um, over, over the last year, that ends up costing folks and that ends up costing communities hundreds of millions uh, and really starting to kind of creep up on kind of a billion dollars in, in extra energy expense mm-hmm. um, because of that. Um, and so there, there certainly has been a, a pretty marked impact over the past year. And, and at, like I mentioned earlier, just the growth has been, um, has been really indicative of us that people are just looking for any way um, uh-huh. to, to help kind of take the sting um, out of those bills. Do you think this is going to be a lasting behavioral change? I mean, I know that it's, it's kind of up in the air. Everyone's racing yeah. to find out like all these changes we've had from COVID, what's going to be temporary, what's going to be permanent. Where do you stand on that? That's that. That is the the million dollar, I guess, <laughs> right. billion dollar question. Um, yeah. I, uh, I I I don't want to pretend to be a, a, a Nostradamus here, um, but mm-hmm. I, I I would suspect that there are going to be some some pretty lasting impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if and again, kind of not an expert here, but um, and I think that you know a lot of the commercial energy use, um, kind of residential um, mm-hmm. use, we're going to see a pretty pretty big impact there. I think. Um, for for us for for MConnect, you know, you know this this kind of increase in residential electricity mm-hmm. use um, is is probably going to end up. Um, if I had to guess, I, I would guess that it's going to end up being permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people 
people are increasingly going to be looking for, for ways to help shape and help control and, and help um, kind of reduce, re- reduce those energy costs and just kind of get that into, into a better shape. So. So we mentioned we mentioned in the in the uh, in the intro that you are a California company. I'm not that surprised because I feel like every disruptive energy technology on Earth comes from California. <laughs> but I wonder what are your plans to expand or scale? I mean, were you going to get this on the other coast before too long? So for for now, we're focused on California. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there is there's more than enough headroom for us to grow into in California. And, build more of these power plants, connect communities, and, and really to, to continue to apply this formula that's that's been working so well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is, that is not to say that there is not a huge opportunity uh, across the, the rest of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you kind of look at things kind of back of the napkin kind of style, and I think a, a, a good example is that I think that the biggest power plant in in the U.S. is like a Grand Coulee plan or a power plant dam, mm-hmm. Grand Coulee Dam um, produces around uh, maybe six gigawatts or so. Mm-hmm. So if you're to kind of scale up, kind of everything that you know, flexible load and you know, responsive thermostats and plugs and, and all that sort of jazz, um, you could probably build out maybe thirty, uh-huh. uh, thirty extra biggest power plants in mm-hmm. in the U.S. And that's all just from better orchestration um, of electricity, right? Like smarter ACs, smarter appliances. Mm-hmm. smarter water heaters and really kind of as we see the grid become more electrified mm-hmm. or like gas appliances move into moving to electric that that mm-hmm. opportunity um, only grows excellent so so you mentioned um, that you currently have 200,000 user accounts in California can you give me a sense of like where you'd like to be by let's say end of the year 2021 or maybe by 2025 even yeah so I mean 2025 that's uh that's um <laughs> It's pretty hard to, 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 to kind of predict and, and project out that far, but millions and billions. So I think one of the really exciting things um, is we, we're looking uh, to, to, to kind of scale, to scale the program pretty significantly um, in mm-hmm. California um, over mm-hmm. the next couple of years. Um, and probably to build that out to, um, you know, 550 uh, megawatts of, mm-hmm. of load. You know, today it's, it's, you know, probably 150 um, mm-hmm. in that range. And um, yeah, I think one of the the, the things that that really um, kind of helps helps us get there is just the the, the the tailwinds that that we're feeling that everyone is feeling just in terms of energy costs, um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of I think this growing awareness and growing consensus that um, you there there's there's some pretty big challenges that that we have to solve on um, you know with, within energy, kind of within kind of the, the residential space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you talk about some of your outside investors? I mean, as I as I understand it, you've gotten some venture uh, funding from Sidewalk Infrastructure Partners and possibly some others. Can you talk about who's helping you scale? Yeah. So, um, you know, Sidewalk uh, they they're just an amazing group mm-hmm. of folks. Like we we really lucked out with with all of our investors, and mm-hmm. I think what what we appreciate most uh, about them and uh, kind of everybody else that that's that's um, you know backed us is that. Um, I think we we share a, a really similar um, palantir. Mm-hmm. Right? So if, if we were to both like try to like peer into the future, I think mm-hmm. you know we all see really similar visions of mm-hmm. of what it could look like and what it what it should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously really helps when when you know we're relying on uh, on strategy. And um, 
I guess as a, as a fun little anecdote um, yeah. from a really early investor, um, we rewind way back. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was, you know, we were super proud of this product. We built that, it was this MVP. We had this small community mm-hmm. and the, the response was like, you can get a thousand people to do anything. <laughs> Come back to me when you, when you have 10,000. Uh-huh. Uh, so we did, we, we came back, you know, we're, we're kind of continuing that, that, um, that, that March kind of up into the right. Um, uh-huh. so, so that's been, it's been a fun bookend from, from then to, to, to now. Sure. So does so just in terms of how Ohm Connect works uh, in with home appliances or communicating with home appliances, et cetera, is there any kind of hardware installation that's required? Do you have to buy sensors? Do you integrate with batteries? I mean, how do how do people track their individual? How do they track usage at the appliance level with Ohm Connect? Yeah. So um, uh, Ohm Connect does not require any hardware okay. uh, installation uh, to, to get started. Um, mm-hmm. All you need is a utility account. So you sign up, you connect to utility account, which we walk people through in about a minute, and uh-huh. then you are all set. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, we're able to measure your energy use through your smart meter. Okay. And probably about 90, 95% of folks in California have one, so everybody can participate. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, though, highly recommend connecting uh, devices, um, you know, like plugs and thermostats and, and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've noticed is that folks who do connect a device, um, they both tend to perform better, they stick around longer, they, they just have a better experience. And mm-hmm. so we've been working with um, hardware manufacturers to kind of get those smart devices into the hands kind of as easily and kind of cheaply as possible. And I think one of the really cool value propositions about our service is that it, it kind of unlocks this latent value, this mm-hmm. kind of trapped value kind of inside plugs and, and thermostats, right? Mm-hmm. And, Kind of in a similar way with Airbnb, like people didn't realize that there was this value in that spare room. Right. Um, and it, it took an Airbnb to help access uh, help access that, that that value for folks. And I think yeah. in a you know somewhat analogous way, kind of we're 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 doing something similar um, on uh, on the device side. The- so it's like Airbnb for energy efficiency. Is that fair to say? Sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah, uh, it's, it's probably the, the comparison everyone's trying to 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 to, to make against themselves, but uh, yeah. it's sort. Well, it also, I mean, it seems that you also have a, a large, potentially a large quantity of data generated just in terms of how people live or how people deploy energy at given times of day. I mean, that has got to be a valuable data set as well, right? Absolutely, and <laughs> it really does boil down to. Um, you know, it's, it's not even about saving energy. It's really about flexible energy. It's really about knowing kind of how and when to shift energy into the right times of day. Uh So, you know, you you could take like the the same amount of of energy used and, you know, we should all be using it as much as we can during the, during the afternoon or during like noon, right? Like Mm -hmm. when the sun is shining, when there's just this crazy amount of, of solar power that's available. Mm-hmm. And we should try. We should be trying to kind of pull as much energy kind of out um, of of those time periods that to rely more on those peaker plants and natural gas plants and, and things along those lines. So. It it almost sounds also like you're you're talking about almost a two way utility bill. <laughs> it's like I think most of us who've grown up, you know, paying you know writing the proverbial check to yeah. the utility company are used to paying money out for utilities, and this is a way of sort of like making a return trip on that money, at least in part, right? 100%. We are, yeah. you know, nobody likes getting a bill. 
mm-hmm. but everybody likes getting a, a, a check. Everyone mm-hmm. likes getting a little payment. Um, yeah. and I think we're, we're definitely on the, the right side of that uh, equation. So can you talk about where OmConnect's IP is developed? I mean, since it is, you know, it's an app that's got this kind of behavioral concept around it. It doesn't require a hardware installation. So where is your is your IP developed around design or process or, or where is that? Where is that? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, I I don't know if this is this, this answer probably is a cheat, mm-hmm. uh, but in my view, uh, my own personal view, d- design is process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that we we obsess um, but over here is is how we can improve our services core loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, you know, for most consumer products and services, it's, it's all about that, that virtuous cycle, mm-hmm. uh, starts with a motivator that then leads to an action that then leads to a, a reward, mm-hmm. that reward then leads to a motivator, which leads to an action, which leads to a reward. And if you can find a, a cycle where you just like rinse and repeat that over mm-hmm. and over and over again, like you, you, you're really onto something. Mm-hmm. And we have literally thousands of metric dashboards that you double, triple, kind of quadruple click into each one of those steps. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of where a lot of the the behavioral science like really starts to just get to be a ton of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe as, as, a, as a kind of fun example, um, so we award people for their participation through points. And so you mm-hmm. save energy, we figure out the, the market value of that, we award you kind of the equivalent number uh, of points. Mm-hmm. So you have a the potential to gain on every event, right? So like you start at zero and then you, you know, start at the bottom and you start moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, this was years back, um, but we, we, we ran a test where we kind of flipped that upside down, mm-hmm. where we started you at the, the beginning of the month that what we thought that you could earn at the end mm-hmm. of the month. Um, then we kind of locked your ability to cash out. And then for every event um, that you didn't perform, for every event that you didn't show up, that you didn't kind of perform like we were expecting, we would take points away from you. Okay. So you're going to start from the top, uh-huh. then you move down. And, you know, at the end of the month, like you end up at the same water level, mm-hmm. right? In both of those, uh, both of those models, right? It's the same net value. You end up kind of earning the, the same amount. But <laughs> the, the, the consumer behavior was pretty stark, uh-huh. uh, really different between between those two. And like, it, it's funny, like we, we ended up getting better performance out of the upside down version. Really? Um, which kind of is a little counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. it, it really does lean heavily into the, the idea of loss aversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people are just much more sensitive uh, to, to losing something they think they already have mm-hmm. and gaining something of, of equivalent value. Wow. But on the flip side, customer service and the what well, was a nightmare because of uh-huh. that. Like people got angry and customer support, like just had to spend a ton of time like putting putting out fires and it was like, sure. hey, like where'd my points go? Like why is this taken away? Uh-huh. And so and what we ended up finding is like the, the juice just kind of wasn't worth the squeeze in that instance. Uh-huh. And and really kind of over the, the history of the company, you know, we have thousands of maybe not thousands, yeah, but we have hundreds of those kind of little kind of memorialized learnings that, you know, which, which an aggregate kind of, as you build them, kind of mm-hmm. all, cobble them all together, it kind of turns into, into the product that we have today. 
So tell me the craziest stat about energy usage that OmConnect has been able to generate through these unusual insights into the way people interact with their energy in the state of California. Like a crazy number or just some whacked out statistic. What yeah. would surprise the listeners to learn? Um, I'm going to zig and zag a little bit. <laughs> that. Um, it's okay. But that's just something that kind of came, um, uh, that I kind of stumped, stumbled across recently. So I was kind of looking into electrification and kind of what, what would be required in order to, to get us to this kind of zero, zero carbon grid. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that really caught me by surprise was kind of mixed in the shuffle of a pretty, uh, a less than ideal 2020, mm-hmm. um, right. was, was the fact that the U.S. also set a record um, for the total number of weather-related disasters that exceeded uh-huh. a billion dollars in damages. That's right. Mm-hmm. And kind of starting in 2000, um, there's unfortunately a, a pretty clear trend line that yeah. is pointed up and is pretty linear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for me, like that, that's what this company means to me personally is like, how, how can we harness smarter electricity usage? How can we help transition the U.S. to this zero carbon grid that you know, puts us in a, a, a much more sustainable um, much more sustainable place and, and also kind of help, help improve the lives of, of people kind of while, while we're at it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a cheat of an answer, but that's what comes, comes to mind. Yeah, no, that's all. That's good. So <laughs> a final, just to kind of wrap things up or bring us, bring us full circle, you've had, you know, you've got a, an, a unique look under the hood of the way that, uh, you know, people are, are using or conserving, making efforts to conserve energy. They're in California. Based on, based on your unusual vantage point, are there any, Big forecasts or predictions about where energy technology is headed this year, and any announcements you'd like to make about OmConnect? You bring on any new investors or got any exciting partnerships coming down the pike? Um, there's always something exciting, uh, <laughs> but I guess kind of zooming out uh, at a really kind of just conceptual uh, conceptual level. But I think like the the, the kind of four options in, in front of us and mm-hmm. I'm talking kind of climate and kind yep. of how, how, how do we need to kind of shift um, the, the grid and uh-huh. um, energy production and whatnot. And I think the four options are one, we can just kind of cross our fingers and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not going to end up too well. Um, <laughs> thing two is, you know, folks can like live in austerity and reduce resource use and mm-hmm. things like that, which probably isn't realistic. Um, three is we, you know, just kind of continue emitting greenhouse gases and kind of clean our up, uh, act up later. And then four is, hey, we should we should really kind of clean up our act before those those emissions are created. And uh, which to me it seems like the, the most reasonable and achievable um, kind of course of action. And so, really, if you kind of play that forward, and uh, in order to clean up our act and, and kind of decarbonize the economy, um, basically what has to happen is we need to continue deploying solar, mm-hmm. and we need to massively electrify um, the, the grid, uh, electrified everything like mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. um, like the, the cost of zero carbon renewables is plummeting, like like we kind of hit on earlier. The, the cost yeah. of storage is, is becoming much more viable. Household appliances uh, are becoming kind of smarter by the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and when I say electrify, I, 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 what I mean is you know, transitioning from this and a fossil fuel-based economy to, to an entire electric one. So yeah. EVs instead of you know internal combustion engines, heat pumps instead of natural gas heaters, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there really is no sense in delay, right? Like the, a, a fossil fuel powered appliance um, has a, it's kind of this, it has this fixed carbon profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to produce the same amount of carbon today um, as it will the last day that it operates, like before it goes kaput. Um, and the, the carbon cleanliness, though, of electric appliances, on the other hand, is, is variable. Right? Like it all depends on how those electrons are created. So what does that mean? That, that means that kind of electric appliances um, can become cleaner as the grid becomes cleaner, mm-hmm. as the grid becomes kind of zero carbon. And you know, with you know the, these household appliances kind of have this lifespan of ten years, and so that that will be a transition that if we start today, if we start now, um, it's going to pay dividends uh, pretty quickly. And so. I guess just to kind of wrap that up, um, I guess that digressed a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think there, there's going to be a, a pretty seismic shift in, in the way that energy is used, um, the way that energy is managed um, and deployed across the grid. It's, it's going to be distributed um, and it is going to look um, a lot smarter um, than, than it did uh, about a decade ago. All right. So a bonus question then. Yeah. You're, you're in California your, your cause and your value proposition are very au courant, uh, you know, very timely, very imperative. You've got an app with a lot of where you can attract a lot of eyeballs at a single time and sort of coordinating uh, a lot of people's actions at the same time. It seems to me the perfect solution is a celebrity spokesperson. Who would that who's your ideal celebrity spokesperson at OmConnect? Uh, I guess the, the best celebrity spokesperson would be yeah. like yourself, like. <laughs> in the future or, or like your, yep. your kid your, your mm-hmm. children kind of looking back at you um yeah uh that would probably be the most effective <laughs> yeah that's great so curtis tongue thank you for speaking with investable university oh finally question um if people want to sign up for om connect if they happen to be located in the state of california where do they go yeah perfect um so yeah. you can go to omconnect.com that mm-hmm. is o-h-m yeah. connect.com to, to sign up takes a minute and- um, takes a minute. They don't have to do anything. You don't have to produce any numbers or bills or anything like that. Connect your utility account, and, and we walk you through that. Super simple. Takes a minute. You are you are all set. Awesome. OmConnect.com. Thank you, Curtis Tung, for speaking with Investable Universe this week. Perfect. I really appreciate the time, and uh, awesome. yeah, thank you. Great. That's all we got for Investable Universe this week. If you liked what you heard, share the link, check out the site at investableuniverse.com or pitch us for future episodes. The address is editor at investableuniverse.com. My name is Rebecca Darst and you'll hear more from me next time.